relinquish the expectations and live free. Every sector of our lives is pretty much pretty much under construction. Family under construction. Career under construction. Relationships under construction. Emotions. I know mine live under construction. Finances under construction. We might as well be under construction together. Welcome to Under Construction with your girl Tamar Braxton. So look, I got a question for y'all. When is the last time you stopped to check in on your friend? or family member. You know that one person that you typically call on for help, or maybe you just call when you need a listening ear. But check this out. When was the last time you just called them to say, hey, boo, how you doing? Do you need anything? Or just let them know that you're thinking about them. Look, I think many of us take for granted the strong ones in our lives. But because we're having this conversation, we're going to make an intentional effort to do better. It's important to call and check on your loved ones. It's important to ask these simple questions like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Right? You never know how significant a hello or how are you will impact someone's day. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So throughout the month, I'll be sharing mental health stats to show the importance of mental wellness. So for today's mental health fact, did you know that nearly 10 million adults in America live with a serious mental illness? That's more or less one in 25 adults. Yo, that's big, y'all. So let's think about how many people we have as friends on social media or how many people we drive beside on the road. We don't know what anyone's life situation is. And in most cases, we don't know their mental state either, y'all. So we really got to learn to operate from a space of grace, understanding, and patience. All right, all right. Okay, so let's speak a good word over our lives. Y'all ready for today's meditation? My favorite part of the show. Put your pew seatbelt on because you're going to get up and shout on this one. Ta! I am God's child. I am worthy. Ain't nothing else to say after that. I know I ain't got nothing to say. All right, everybody. God bless you. Good night. I mean, that's one right there. Like, I'm a child's God and I'm worthy. What else is there to say? Like, if you told yourself that every single day in the mirror, you would know how much of a king's kid you are, like a real life king's kid. I am God's child and I am worthy. I am worthy to be happy. Okay. I am worthy to work hard and and reach my goals. (sighs) Yeah, that was for you. (laughs) Yeah. So anytime you begin to doubt who you are, just remember whose you are. And that right there is a word. I am God's child. I am worthy. The end period. Good night. All right, everybody. Today on Tamar's Takes, a word for the workaholics. Up, oh, that's my partner, Angel. Oh, anywhere you hear me, sis, Angel. Angel, this one's for you. Now, <laughs> I can say the things that I'm about to say because I am a recovering workaholic. Yes, I am. I just want to kick things off with that because the things I'm about to say aren't judgment calls or jealousy. This is me telling you what I know firsthand about my partner angel okay all right everybody if you find yourself choosing work over family friends and most importantly your health it is time to take a pause for the cause now most of us who grind nonstop are doing one of the three things trying to play keep up (laughs) there are multiple ways to look at this one y'all you might be living beyond your means you might have other people controlling you And they just treat you like a machine because they eat off of you. But regardless of what needs to happen, if they run you in the ground, ain't no work getting done. Period. So number two, avoiding other realities in your life. Now that used to be me. Okay, sis or bruh. 
It's time to get real to the real, real, real. Okay. If you're feeling lonely, isolated, unhappy in some other area in your life, you're more inclined to put your time, attention and focus on something you're good at. And if that's work for you, then you're working in overdrive. Take a step back and evaluate your home life, your relationships and be honest with yourself so you can find balance and peace. Okay. Number three, you need help running your business more efficiently. Now, this is one for all of my entrepreneurs. If you're working around the clock, you can't seem to get a break. You're easing your way into the entrepreneurial burnout. You are. You got to do things differently because what you're doing isn't sustainable. Take a pause for the cause, y'all, so your business can function while you sleep, right? That's why we do it, for the sleep money. Ta-da! Now, y'all know I want y'all to win, and having adequate rest is essential for the body. So keep pushing and doing your thing, but just be mindful of why, okay? Sometimes it's hidden. Other times, you know exactly why. <clears throat> Angel, you just don't want to deal with the realities of why you're a workaholic. Now, y'all know ain't nothing I said etched in stone, because these are just Tamar takes. All right, I'm going to keep it a thousand. All right, it's time to tap into that Keep It A Thou Thou inbox and pull out a few questions for your girl, Tay-Tay. Let's see what we got today. All right, everybody, question number one. Hey, Auntie Tay. I think I'm in love with my friend. I've never been in love, so I hope this isn't a stupid question. But how do you know that you're really in love? Like, what does it feel like? Or is it different for everybody? Oh, Becky, I need to ask my therapist that because I don't know... (laughs) I'm a Pisces. I love them all. Girl, I'm a, I've been in love since I was five. I love everybody in like a week. So I, I'm, don't ask me. You know, that's under construction. I love them all. So I don't know. Okay, question number two. Hey, Tamar. So I'm balding in the crown of my head. Does your hair product only work on edges or is it effective all over? Thanks. Okay, so this is why I'm branding, oh my God, you grow, girl, because it's not just for edges. You know, like a product that you, you know, have and you, the more you use it, you find out that it does other things too. It works all the way around your hair and it also works on beards too. So yeah, it's coming back out. And so that's one of the reasons why I decided to repackage it. So that's that on that. I really love the segment, y'all. I really hope that y'all finding my advice beneficial. And y'all don't be scared to hit me to answer y'all question. Because if I don't know the answer, I'm just going to tell y'all like I did today. I don't know about that. (laughs) Okay. All right. So never reveal your identity. And this is a safe place to get real answers to questions that you really want to know. So shoot your girl a note to ucwithtamar at gmail.com. That's the letters ucwithtamar at gmail.com. I don't have all the answers, everybody, but you can show count on me to keep it a thou thou. Now, up next, we're going into the blueprint. This this is the blueprint. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Attempting to meet the expectation of others and even some we place on ourselves, can leave us feeling inadequate, depressed, and in bondage. Our guest, Devon Franklin, best-selling author and motivational speaker, wasn't exempt from trying to please others either. However, in his book, Live Free, Exceed Your Highest Expectations, he provides strategies, case studies, and thought-provoking questions to help you break free and live free. Welcome to Under Construction, Devon Franklin. Hey, Devon. 
I've been doing a lot of research on the book because I'm not a huge reader. I'm just going to come out and, and be honest about it, it's right? All right. But uh, I'm a great listener and I do better that way, okay? Yeah. So I have a, just a couple of questions about this new book. Now, first of all, I wanted to know why you felt it in your spirit to write this book. I just personally, you know, was struggling a lot with disappointment. And, you know, over my life, it's like there have been things that I've really been happy with, but then things I haven't been happy with. And I started to think mm. through, well, where is that discontent coming from? Why am I not content with a lot of great things that are happening? And I started realizing mm. a lot of it has to do with expectations. You know, mm. and then expectations of what I thought was going to happen and then reconciling that with the reality of what happened was where things were getting a little mixed up. And so as I started talking to other people and people would come to me for help, I would, you know, start to see that, oh, they're suffering from the same thing. You know, mm -hmm. frustration, anxiety, discontent, anger, all of these negative emotions because things are not working out as expected. And so I said, oh, got it. If we could learn to get control of our expectations, then we can learn to get control over our life. So that was really the genesis of it and why I really felt like now was the time to write this book, because so many people are struggling with how to deal with the unexpected. Includes me. <laughs> that includes me. <laughs> I think that most of my struggles has been because of expectations, you know, yeah. how I see myself, um, how I want others to see me. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And I think that I have relied a lot of my successes and failures on what other people expect for me to be, right. for me to be like. Like, what do you say to people like me who really can't get out of that because we're so much in the public eye? And I think that reality TV has made such an impact on my life because of that. You know what I mean? Mm. Because we open up our lives so much mm -hmm. and the expectation is that we have to have it figured out all the time. Mm -hmm. And not until what happened this summer um, did I realize that's exactly how I was living my life. How do we get out of that pattern? First of all, you got to endure enough pain mm. that then makes you want to get out of the pattern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? That part. <laughs> you know, because that let's part. be honest, like, mm -hmm. you know, we all can intellectually know, hey, you know, I need to get out of certain patterns. I need to make certain changes. But mm -hmm. until life delivers a certain amount of pain, we'll just keep going. And we'll just yep. keep doing the same thing we know isn't great for us and whatnot. So once we experience that level of pain where we're like, we have to change, the mm -hmm. key to changing is to do this one thing. You made a point that I, I, I heard you say about, oh, you know, being in the public eye and, you know, all the expectations and can you ever change that? Right. So then my what I say to that is the whole idea of living free is not being under the mental, emotional or physical control of anyone or anything. It means that we have to take control back and the power back. No matter what your stature is, no matter who we are in the world, we mm -hmm. still have to take the control for our life. So mm -hmm. it's okay to recognize, hey, I'm in the public eye and there's all these things that are expected. But resist the temptation just to meet those expectations if they're not in your heart. Because at the end of your life, end of my life, I'm going to be faced with a question. Did I do what was expected or did I do what was destined? Right. Okay. And so often we are doing what was expected because we don't want to disappoint. We either right. want to live up to or down to whatever people expect of us, but it's not in our heart to do it. So that's why I wrote this book. 
You know, when you talk about for people like you, I wrote for people like you, people like me, no matter where we are, to take the control back. We got to set the expectations that we live by and not let What do you mean people like you? You don't feel like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but what do you mean people like you? Like, I know that I, people like me, look at people like you (laughs) and feel like people like you. Have it figured out. And you're no. not worrying about people's expectations. <laughs> no. Well, figuring, see, I'm figuring it out. You know, I don't have it figured out, you know? And I do. I mean, I, c- I can't write this book if I haven't struggled with expectations. And I have struggled right. with expectations. Right. I write this whole section in the book about having to kill Mr. Perfect, you know? And when I, my, my father died when I was nine years old. You know, mm-hmm. died of a heart attack when I was 36. And that was very wow. traumatic. And so I really created this persona you know, of achievement. And every time I achieved, people gave me approval and I internalized that approval. And then all of a sudden, when I stopped meeting people's expectations and the approval stopped coming, I started to question who I was. And that 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 carried me all the way into my profession. Yeah. And I had to come to a place where I said, you know what? I got to kill Mr. Perfect. I, I got to be okay with who I am. And even if I don't meet someone's expectations, as long as I meet my own, I'm going to be all right. So why do you think that we built this wall of Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect? That's a very, very hard place to live. It really, truly is. It's a lot of pressure. Ooh, who you telling? Oh, it's, 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 it's impossible. It's an impossible yeah. place to live. I yeah. think that we do it because uh, a lot of what I was saying earlier, which is we don't like pain right so so as a result we don't want anything that's going to cause us pain so we create the persona as a method to survive Mm. so this vehicle this persona mrs perfect mr perfect that's the vehicle to survive life and it works for a while but then you get to a point in life and you realize like i realized we're human Right. Right. We cannot. We're not. We're just not created to be perfect. That's why we have grace and mercy. Okay. (laughs) God knew we were going to need it. Doesn't mean we we take abuse of it, but we know we have it. And so we create the persona to survive. And then you get to a point where you realize my survival actually is dependent on authenticity. My -hmm. survival is dependent on my truth. My survival is dependent on my vulnerability. And I got to be honest that I don't have it all together. Yeah. And I got to be okay with making some mistakes that some people see. You know, I am a single mother, right? Mm-hmm. And like a real hardcore single mother. <laughs> you know, you have like fake single mothers who, who daddies really do show up and really do take them and stuff like No, I'm a single mother, like for a single, real, single, right. single mother, okay? And I hate being single. And I'm always, <laughs> I hate being single and I'm mad at being single. I'm mad mm. at being single because, you know, I felt like I did all the things that Mrs. Perfect was supposed to do. You know what I mean? I waited till I got married to have a baby and, you know, kind of wanted to live that whole fairy tale lifestyle. And it just did not work out for me. Okay. Mm. And it just seems like it continuously, the relationship part doesn't work out for me. How do you know when it is you or when you're just choosing the wrong people? Well, I talk about this in the book and I have a whole section in the book that says it's not them. It is you. It is me. So, so it it, it is, it is. It's me. It's you. It's you. It's you. What? Yes. Any problem we're having in a relationship, I believe that a lot of the problem is us. Sometimes it's how we're looking at it. Sometimes it's the energy we're putting out. And so when you talk about being single and attracting, you know, a certain type of of guy or a certain type of partner, 
that may be because there's an identity in you that you keep servicing that really isn't who you are. Yeah. You know, the more you operate in, in your true self and the more you do that work, the more you align yourself to receive at the level of that truth. So when you're talking about like your past and certain, you know, guys, maybe you've dated or you're like, man, I don't want to do that. And I keep getting that. Then part of it is it's like you go to a restaurant, right? You mm-hmm. know what you ordered. Mm-hmm. If they bring you the wrong order, what do you do? You don't you just send sit that there. Thing back. You send it back. Say, no, no, this is no. That's no. So so yeah. if you keep getting the same, you got to keep saying, no, no, this is not what I want. I'm going to but I'm going to be clear on what I want as I get clear on who I am. The more work you do here the more work you're going to see there. That's how it works. And so, so what if you at the restaurant and you hungry? And so in my case, I'm lonely. uh You know what I'm saying? So this is good. This is good. But but, but be careful, be careful when you're hungry and you, you eat McDonald's, but you know, there's a better meal, right? Because in the moment it's satisfying, but after the moment is over, it's going to take you a whole week to work that off. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's word. Okay. That's good. Okay. That's good. So, so it's like, all right, we all get hungry. All right. That's a natural condition of our humanity to get hungry for companionship, to get hungry for love. Hunger is not the problem. It's the discipline in terms of what we do with it. So it's like, all right, if you're lonely, mm. there's nothing wrong with acknowledging I'm lonely. But you got to go back to pain. What is the pain in my life that I'm still unpacking because of decisions that I've made when I was lonely? That right there is a whole word. <laughs> and, and can that I afford so to make those decisions again? And do I want to go through that pain yeah. again? And if the answer is no, I can't afford to make those decisions and no, I can't go through that pain again. Then I got to find some healthier ways to deal with this hunger until the right person comes into my life. That can help, you know, fulfill me in that way. I, I've been doing all these Zooms with singles as it relates to promoting my book. And uh, one of the things that, that we've been talking about, you know, if you are single is to do the work on yourself, to love yourself, mm-hmm. to accept yourself mm-hmm. so that whenever you get in a relationship, you're not expecting that person to do something for you that you aren't already doing for yourself. Period. 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 <laughs> because that's when, Because that's when you get manipulated. Right. When when you're yes, going into yes. a relationship and you need that other person to do something for you that you're not doing for yourself, you are primed to be manipulated. And there are a lot of people out there that prey on the weakness emotionally of others because they want to get from them whatever they can. And when they're done, they go on to somebody else. So you got to manipulate proof your life by doing the things for you so that when somebody does it, you don't need them to do it for you. You like right. that they do it. But yeah. you don't need them to do it because once somebody knows that they that you need them to do those things, the wrong person can use that and completely yeah. uh, take over your life. But what about the singles? Because there are different levels of single, right? This is true. <clears throat> what about the over forty singles, especially <laughs> females, <Yeah. laughs> who feels like you know the pick of the litter is no longer available, and all we meeting is pop pops. <laughs> I don't want to get married to no pop pop. So, Great. Nothing wrong with that. But you know what I'm saying? Yes. Here's what I would say. What you believe you receive. Right. Say that one more again. Wait a minute. One more again. What say you believe again. you receive. Uh-huh. Okay. What I believe I receive. My, my I, believing believe system uh-huh. is direct, directly related to my receiving system. Is so, it? yes. So if I have a belief, 
See, the reason uh-huh. why you're here right now and doing what you do is you had a belief system that this is who you were before it actually ever happened. So you have been receiving at the level of your belief. That's why you are who you are in the world. If you didn't believe you were who you were, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. You wouldn't have the platform you have. You wouldn't have the following you have. So you're receiving directly connected to what you believed about yourself. Now, that also works in a negative way. So what you said, I don't want no pop, pop, mm. you know, women over 40. Mm-hmm. Can't do pop, pop. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But if you have a belief system, if anyone has a belief system that their age works against love, that belief system is going to influence the receiving system. So the key is you got to say age works for my love life, not against it. So that my receiving system says, oh, great. Becoming older increases my attractiveness, increases my desirability, increases the more opportunities. Why? Because I'm older and wiser. I, and, and that wisdom allows me to be way more attractive. There are going to be some young ones that are going to want me. There are going to be some pop-pops that want me. But I'm now in control of my choice because I've changed the belief. And I don't ever look at my age and say, ooh, that's a negative. Say, no, that's a positive. Wow, every day I get even more attractive, mm-hmm. more able to give and receive love. That's how you flip your belief system so that no matter what age you are, you do not block your ability to have love because that's just something we create in our mind. You know, two hearts can meet each other. Aging got nothing to do with it. It's about a connection. It's about a vibe. It's about a spirit. And that spirit can happen. Somebody, you know, who's 30 and 50, somebody who's 70 and 60. You know, age is what it is, but don't use it as an arbitrary block in your belief system that then ultimately impacts your receiving system. I hear what you're saying, Devon. And, you know, although I believe what you're saying is is completely true and powerful, like the truth of the matter is after a certain age, it ain't nothing but pop pops out here. I'm just saying. (laughs) But when you say pop pops, are you talking about uh, a certain race of pop pops or are you just talking about in general? I'm talking about pop pop, your granddaddy. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but maybe you hanging out with, you know, in, in too many granddaddy neighborhoods. <laughs> so do you believe that's a fact? Do you believe you have to place yourself um, in the position that you want to be in eventually? Mentally, you first have to start there. Okay. Mentally. Mentally. That's why I wrote this book. That's why it's all about living yeah. free. It's like yeah. I, I don't want to be under I don't want to be under the control emotionally, mentally, or physically of anyone or anything. So I set the expectation for how I want to think. So, so yes, we have to get in the right mental environment that we yeah. want to receive in. You know, and again, I go back to your career. Your career is, is, is unbelievable. What you've been able to achieve is, is, you know, very few people in the world ever get a chance to achieve what you have achieved. Why? Because mentally you had to get there. Facts. It's mentally, Right. You had to get there and and all the hell you faced, you had to stay here. You had to keep a good mental environment and you had to live free here before you could live free in the world. So I do believe when it comes to singleness and I do believe when it comes to finding love and I do believe when it comes to, you know, attracting the right person mentally, you got to be in the right mindset in the right neighborhood to then attract the right person who's in that same space. So do you believe that's what living free means? Do you believe it means not living in your head and not being so much in your head and, and thinking about what people think about yourself? What, do you, what um, would you it, say it means? Here's what I would say. Uh, you know, when we live free, it's not that. So when I live free, it's not that I don't think about what people think of me. Mm-hmm. I think about it, but I don't let that have uh, an unnecessary influence on what I do. 
Because mm. I think it's near impossible mm-hmm. for me not to think about what somebody's going to think right. about what I may do, you know, but yeah. if something is not in my heart, then I resist the temptation to do it just because somebody thinks I should. And if something's in my heart that I shouldn't do, I don't, I go ahead and, and don't do that because somebody else is pressuring me. So it's really about understanding what people think sometimes, but then deciding what yeah. do I want to do? And that, and those people aren't always people in the public. You know, the people that end up having sometimes the greatest influence over us in a negative way is our family. You know, Period. I talk about this in the book. Do not make your family your God. Come on, somebody. How often do we worship at the altar of our family? We want to pr- uh, uh, please them. We want their approval. If they yeah. don't want us to go somewhere, we don't go. If they don't want us to date someone, we don't date them. If they want us to give us give them money, we give it. And then we say, well, God's saying, well, clearly you don't need me because you're just doing whatever they want you to do. So I talk about this in the book that it's okay to know what's expected of you, but only do the things that you really align with. Only do the things that you say, you know what? Yeah, that feels good. That brings me joy. I want to go do that. So that's what I talk about. That's what I mean when I talk about living free. We're speaking to Devon Franklin, author of Live Free. Stay with us. We're back into the blueprint with motivational speaker and author Devon Franklin. You know, I just wanted to touch on family real fast because, you know, a lot of people had a lot a lot of negative things to say about me when I decided to kind of separate myself from my family. But let me tell you why I had to do that. Some of the reasons you have already said, but I'm the youngest, right, of a, wow. of a big family. Yeah. And so there was no way possible for me to really truly find myself because mm-hmm. I was already like clouded with other people's judgments, other people's opinions, other people's experiences. It was already trickled down on me, right? Yeah. I mean, to the point where I didn't even know what kind of eggs I like. I just know that wow. my mother made us scrambled eggs. I like sunny side, <laughs> sunny side <laughs> up when I used to eat eggs. But I'm just saying, yeah. I had yeah. to learn that for myself. And I just feel like sometimes, you know, we do get so caught up in what people want for us, right? Yeah. We, we don't know what we want for ourselves. How do, we, yeah. how do we get to that point? And what would you say to somebody who is not as free as I? <laughs> and, you know, like not as strong as I when people yeah. say yeah. things like that, who really do want to get to know themselves, want to want deep, dig deep and be the best them as they can possibly be. But they do have a lot of people around them who have so much noise, so many opinions and so many expectations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I would say is I would say you got to ask the question, whose life are you living? Period. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like whose Man. life are you living? You know, I mean, it's, ah. it's, it comes down to that, right? Because yeah. what happens is when we live for our family and they direct every move, then we're not living our life. We're living their no. life. And, and, the, and here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing is people sometimes in, your, in our family want to tell us what to do. And then if we do it and the result is bad, they say, oh, well, you know, you should have prayed. Right. Then they don't want to have no responsibility over it. So so I do believe that if someone's listening and they feel like, oh, you know, I want to get free and I'm not really sure how. One, you got to ask the question, whose life are you living? And if you know you're not living your life, you got to make the decision to, to, to live your life. And here's the other thing that's really required. Courage. Courage. What you have exhibited was courage. Hey. There's some things in my family dynamic that are not quite aligning with where I am. I have to have the courage to do something about that. Let the chips fall where they may for now, right? So anyone listening, they got to have the courage 
to say, I might disappoint someone in my family. I might even let them down, but I've been letting myself down for too long. I've been disappointing myself for too long. So, you know, I got to get ready for some uncomfortable conversations. I have to get ready for a little bit of awkwardness, but I'd rather have the discomfort and the awkwardness and start to put my life on the right path than to remain comfortable and never be who I'm supposed to be and never receive what I'm supposed to receive and never go where I'm supposed to be. That's how you get to the place where you do the work now to have the life that's, that is actually for you. I don't know who needed to hear that, but somebody did. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Somebody did. Number one, because I never talk about that. You know what I mean? Because I know that it is such a touchy situation, especially in in our community. Family is everything. We're here to prove things to not just ourselves, but to our family. And we're supposed to make our family happy and do things that, you know, our family want us to do. And that is such a a poignant um, statement. You're so right. I mean, whose life? What's the name of the life you're living? <laughs> right. It's yours. So um, I saw you on another show, and you touched on something that really hit home for me. Mm. You talked about fake goals versus real goals. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's so deep. That's so deep to me. Because I think that with expectations, right, we yep. start to set fake goals. Things that we are, yes, things are just not (laughs) achievable. You know, like, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that's a, that's a um, expert in your book, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I talk about fake goals. Can you please tell the saints? Let's talk about that. (laughs) Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Oh man. So, so here's the thing. Here's, here's how it works. Yeah. Um, When we don't set our expectations and here's what Uh I want to just define what setting expectations means. When we set an expectation, it means we ask two questions. One, is it realistic or unrealistic to expect? How do you know? Mm. If it's in your control, you can expect it. It's a realistic expectation. Mm-hmm. If it's out of your control, it's an unrealistic expectation. Okay. And then you got to ask the second question. Is it spoken or unspoken? Meaning, mm. does the expectation need to be communicated? Once your expectation is in your control and it's communicated, then it's set. Now, here's the thing. If I set a goal, so for example, let's say the goal is I want to get promoted by a certain age. You know, I want to, I want to get in a certain career. I want to get promoted by a certain age. I want to have a certain amount of money. Now, where does that goal come from? Oh, because my family pressured me into this career. They pressured me to go to this school. I feel like I've got to meet everyone's expectation. So based upon that, that expectation that was not set, I've created a fake goal. Do you realize most people in their spend their life chasing fake goals because they're trying to live for everybody else's expectation and trying to achieve these benchmarks for a validation. And so you get all these things. You, by the time you're 30, you get the job, you get the promotion, you get the house, you get the family, you get the kids. You did everything that was expected and you're miserable. Why? Because I mm. argued that those goals were fake. Why? Because they were not from your heart. They were not from your spirit. They were not set on the foundation, set expectations. So the more that we learn the, the, the practice of setting expectations, we create authentic goals, goals that align with who we are, goals that are not because we want to impress everybody, because we feel goals that are not based on if I don't get it, what, what are they going to think? 
right? Because think about it, a lot of times the goals are there because, you know, people want to, you know, it's like, hey, I want to show, hey, I'm going to show everybody. You know what I mean? I want to stun a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to show, hey, I want to prove to people who yeah. I am and what I got. Anytime we, we use a goal in that way, I argue that it's a fake goal. And I talk about this in, in, hmm. in this chapter in the book where there's this idea in, uh, for, for pilots that if you're one degree off, by the time you get to your destination, so let's say, you know, I'm flying from L.A. to San Francisco and I'm one degree off. By the time I get to San Francisco, I'll be miles and miles away from it. Wow. So when you think about your life, when we have fake goals, we, we initially come into the earth. You know, God created us. We come into the earth and we have like a destiny. But the more goals that we chase are, that are fake. We find our whole life going in a direction it was never created to go. So this is why I wrote the book to get people to say, hey, what are my real goals? Who am I really? Who am I I really? Who am I really? Yeah, because you can't have a real goal if you don't know who you are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that process of setting these goals and setting expectations requires some evaluation. You know, we got to got to stop scrolling for a minute. Got to stop, yeah. you know, watching TV for a minute. And just take a minute to be with yourself and just do some thinking, some prayer, uh, some study. Just be take a minute to just ask yourself, who am I? Where am I going? Am I happy right now? Why am I not happy? And then do that work, because the more we do that work, the more we can get on the path. But the more we're distracted and we're running and we're scrolling the more we may never get on the path. I don't even know what you want me to say. <laughs> I, what you want me to say to that? I'm supposed to have a rebuttal to that? <laughs> There's no rebuttal to that. <laughs> I, I mean, because it. it just is what it is. And I'm going to tell you something. It's so crazy that I'm so grateful for what happened to me this summer. Let me tell you why. Because I would have never taken this time to get to know myself, like truly get to know myself and truly work on myself. I was so broken. Like God had to completely break me all the way down to a skeleton Mm. to rebuild me, to to understand this very conversation right now. Because I'm just going to be 100. I wouldn't have, I would have, it would have went right past me, Mm. over my head. No, really, over my head. And until I decided to truly be honest and look at that person in the mirror and accept the fact that I was not happy with her and start to work on her, do I realize all of these things are so important? How do you set a real goal if you do not know who you are? (laughs) You cannot do it. You cannot do that. Everything is fake. Everything will fumble. Everything will fall. Everything will not work out. You're going to keep running to the wrong men. You're going to keep running to the wrong women. You're going to keep having the wrong jobs. You're going to keep having the wrong friends. Like, what can you do? You can't do anything. You have to work within. Period. There's no running around it. Yes. It's just not. That's the work. To, to work within. That's the work. Work within. <laughs> work within. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. Oh, my. This book is bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so bomb. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's like, like living free. Like if you, if you guys really honestly don't know where to start, start here. Chapter one. <laughs> read that. Chapter one, live free. Go ahead. Chapter one, read that. No, because I think that people think that we have to get to the point where we are completely broken all the way down, right? 
Yeah. To, you don't to, have to. to. You don't. You don't. And I learned that like in therapy. I didn't I didn't have to get there because it was yeah. so many um, circumstances, you know, where I could have and should have started to look within, i.e. Yeah. my my marriage. When that mm. <laughs> failed, mm-hmm. why didn't I start doing the work? Right. Hello. <laughs> it, <laughs> right. it wasn't just him. I'm sure there were some things that look, listen to me. I'm sure there's some things that I did wrong. <laughs> no, like no, for real though. Like that's when I start that's when I should have started doing the work when my whole entire life changed. It went from being in a two two-person home and now that I have to raise my son by myself or when he, whenever he's with his dad, he has to do the same. Then I should have started. You know mm, what I'm saying? I do. Then I then I should have known. When do you think is a good time for people? Now that was just my whole, you know, thing when I went through a divorce. When do you think is a good time for people to start looking within that they haven't so far? Oh my goodness, right now. Right now. Don't don't right look now, anywhere period. else than right then within right now. Because, because um two things. A lot of times we know that there are things that need to be fixed. We don't know how to fix them. So we yeah. we we find other things to keep us busy and occupied because to yep. look within is too painful. So yep. what I so what happens is we find things to numb us. So yep. for some it could be, you know, watching TV, overeating, shopping, others it could be alcohol, it could be getting high, it could work. be, you know, work, it could be sex. Whatever the thing is that you choose to numb yourself, right? Well, the numbing fights with the becoming. That just stuck me. <laughs> so it's really hard to become when you're numb. Yeah. Because you're, 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 you're desensitized to what's happening. So, and also how you really feel. Our feelings are, are critical. Our feelings. And so anyone listening, you got to stop and just evaluate and sit in how you feel. Even if, it, if it's just, even if it's excruciating, you got to do it. Because the sooner you do it, the, the, the sooner you can get on a path to real healing and yeah. to really start to figure out which direction you want to go. So, so now is the time to start looking within and now is the time to start doing a life assessment and to see, hey, am I going in the right direction? Are the, do I have the right people in my life? What do I need to do? Now is the time to do that. Yeah, because I heard you say on another recording, you said the real success is peace. And that is yeah. just the facts of life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, you can and have it a, going on till the brakes fall off. <laughs> and you got a <laughs> slice of peace. <laughs> right, right. I mean, think I mean and and you know, it's like to have peace and then, you know, to have whatever comes out of that peace. If that is, you know, more money, if that's a certain type of house, car, whatever. Okay, great. God bless you. But if you have those things and you have no peace, you have no thing. You know, and so for me, I believe success is peace because the more I can pursue that peace in any circumstance, then it really doesn't matter what happens. And so that's why I'm so a proponent of living free, because, you know, I don't want any circumstance or situation or someone to take the peace that I need to have on a day to day basis in order to be who I am. I get it. But because I'm on a constant struggle for 
like total peace. Yeah. Where where is the road to peace? Where do we how do we get there? Yeah, yeah. So the road to peace, um, you know, one starts with doing this work. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it starts with prayer. I believe it starts with uh, mm-hmm. meditation, scripture. You know, really getting in sync with God. Number one. Number yeah. two. If I really want to be on the road to peace, I have to prioritize my health, my mental health, my spiritual health, and my physical health. And, and a lot of times when we talk about road to peace, you know, we only talk about it sometimes from the from the, the mental or the spiritual. But if our physical health is not great, it disrupts our ability to even want to do the mental or the spiritual. Facts. So when we talk about the road to peace, I would I would encourage anyone to get control of your health. Like, what do you got to do to feel healthier, to be healthier? You know, whether that's through the exercise, whether that's through eating better, whether that's through, you know, uh, reducing your stress. What do you got to do to be healthier physically? Because in my experience, that physical health creates the environment for the mental and the spiritual health. And when I have physical health, it it, it empowers me to want to do the peace to find the peace in the other areas. So that's what I would say for someone in terms of how to get on the path to peace and to do it now. Don't overlook physically how you feel and do everything you can to feel better physically because it's going to create the environment for you to want to feel better uh, mentally and spiritually and emotionally. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he is not saying get on the diet. That's not not what he said. Not what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) At all. That's not what he said, okay? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, um, because you know a lot of people talk about me like, oh my god, you're so Hollywood now. Oh my god, you're so Hollywood because now you're a vegan. No, I became <laughs> I became a vegan because it makes me feel better. And there you the go. more I the more I started feeling better, yep. like physically, I started to feel better mentally. Like my therapy really started kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it but did. but the but the crazy thing that what, what I love about what you're saying, so many people over overlook that connection that like yeah. if i'm not in the right physical state of being it's really hard for for me to mentally connect spiritually connect emotionally yeah. connect so i love what you're saying about getting your physical getting your temple right so then you could receive the messages and the downloads and the work that you needed to receive yeah and i and i just wanted to add to that like and not till then that my spiritual relationship become closer. It's the craziest thing ever. No, for real. And then when that became strong, um, my mental, like the way that, like, cause at first I would let people run all, run all over me, do Mm. what they wanted to do because I just felt, I just had so, I had just, I had such low self-esteem and I felt like I used to, Try to make up for what people already thought about me walking through the door. Now, I know now that I can't change that. How they think about me is how they're going to think about me at first, right? Right? But I used to, like, you know, let people get away with things because I didn't want people to say things like, oh, my God, she's difficult. Oh, my God, she's this, she's that. You know, she's mouthy, she's loud, she's boisterous, all of these things. So I let people, you know, kind of run my life for me. Because I was afraid of how they were going to go back and talk about me, which they did anyway. <laughs> which they did anyway. If, if they're going to talk, they're going to talk. They're it don't matter talk. what happens. You can't never stop somebody from talking yeah. if they want to talk. So I, I totally, yeah. So I totally started to like stand up for myself like in different ways, right? Yeah. Like as far as my dating is concerned, like I hate dating. Like 
I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And I, I really, I really don't like it now because now I've set a lot of standards about my dating. You're just not just going to take me out. We're not kicking it. Please don't think you're going to have sex with me. That's not mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> right. No, because I, no, because the more I date the wrong person, the more mentally it sets me back. Yep. I you know what that. I mean? Yep, yep, I and I, and I start accepting things that I know I should not accept any longer. And mm. I just wanted to say this. I don't know who needs to hear this or not. Okay. Stop being in a rush. Stop being in a I rush. Love that. It's not that serious. If you do the work, if you start doing the work on you, the right things and the right people will fall into place. And if they don't, they will. (laughs) (laughs) Period. 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 I'm just saying I'm the loneliest person on this earth. I hate being single. I hate it. Everybody knows that. (laughs) But I'm tired of dating the wrong ones. Well, there you go. There you go. There you go. And and also, though, what, what I would say, even in your dislike of singleness (laughs) what i would say is i would start doing this process of baptizing your singleness in success meaning here's what i mean anytime that negative feeling about being single creeps up you got to flip it you got to baptize it no thank you god this singleness is working for me oh i'm smith thank you for this time alone thank you for making me whole because you got to take that negative and turn it into a positive Because you don't want to take that negative feeling about your current state and then expect in a different state it's going to make a difference. Because it's not. Because the negative feeling you have now, you're going to take into whatever dating situation you got. So you you got to flip it. So anytime it's like, ooh, because it's it's like, let's say you don't like your career right now, right? Someone's Mm -hmm. listening. They don't like their career. Every Mm -hmm. time you, you speak against your career, you're putting something negative out there. So it's like, no, okay, you know what? I'm thankful that this career is going to lead me to the next career that I really want. I'm thankful that I'm getting a check. I'm thankful that I'm, I have a place to go. Find something positive about it. So with your singleness, as much as you don't like it, every time that negative thing creeps up, find something positive to say about it. I ain't got to share my money with nobody. I ain't got to spend my time with nobody. Find something <laughs> positive. Find something positive that you can say about singleness so that as you get in that relationship, you're not bringing that negativity. Why? Because that that negativity about being single, I promise you, it's going to be a liability to you when you get into a relationship. Wow. You know, I didn't even think about it like that. Like, I'm so positive about everything else. Besides being single. Because <laughs> I thought it was okay to be loved. Like, I hate it. So God's going to bring it to me. God's going to bring me my soulmate. You know? And, and, and he but will. But you're right. He'll bring them to you. I don't. I don't soon, I don't Lord. Soon, Lord. <laughs> soon, Lord. But not, not sooner. Come on, Jesus. Then you doing the work. Whatever work she got to yes. do, God. Hold yes. back the man until she does the work. <laughs> now, that's the truth. Now, that's the truth. Because what I won't be is divorced again. There you go. All right. There Period. it is. There it is. There it is. Period. There it is. But but think about this real quick, this analogy. So, you mm-hmm. know, you're you're building a house, right? And you you, you know, you mm-hmm. have the money, you're building the house. It's all it's according to the design, the blueprint, bottom, everything is beautiful, right? You got the foundation, they are constructing the house right now, they're putting up the wood, they're doing all that stuff. And you're like, man, what's taking so long? What's taking so long? And you're like, forget this, I'm gonna go move in. Okay, you know there's no roof. Mm. You know there's no electricity. You know there's no Wi-Fi. Mm. Ah, 
it's not that it's not all being prepared. It's just that you want to make sure you're doing your work so that when it is ready, you are bringing that to the relationship, you know, and you're not just rushing it. And then you and then you're in this situation where it's like, man, this thing ain't even ready, but I'm in it now because I was impatient. <laughs> and then there's the part of that <laughs> there we go <laughs> oh my goodness uh i could talk to you all day you know oh, wow. I, Likewise. I don't know why i always felt like I, I know you guys like i love your wife i love you oh, and i, you. I, I love too. your ministry it's so amazing and thank like you. this part of the show, we always talk about the takeaway. Like, what have you gotten from this conversation? I'm going to go first. I usually let okay. the guests go first, but I'm going to go first. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm going to go first because as, as I tell you, I'm going to write it down. And I have a wall behind me. I don't know if you can see. Can you see it? Uh, yeah, I can. The, the can post-it notes. Yep. Yes, I call them my wall of wins because it was really oh, hard for me nice. to accept my wins. And so this is what I'm going to write down because this is what... Ms. Devon Franklin gave me. I love it. The house is not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I can tear the sheetrock off this house. The house is not ready. So don't be in a rush to move in. There we go. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. <laughs> Hello, 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 somebody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I want cable. <laughs> <laughs> I want Wi-Fi. I, I want, want heat. heat. <laughs> I want insulation. I want, I want furniture. <laughs> I want furniture. Exactly. And there every time I think about being single and not having a date and always feeling like I'm the third wheel when my friends are going out to dinner. I'm going to come in here. I'm, I promise you, I'm serious. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to read that. <laughs> there it is. Oh, Devon, you have blessed me still today. And, and I know you've you blessed our construction listeners. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're Go welcome. get the book, Living Free. Like, it's so amazing. Just start doing the work now. Thank mm. you, Devon. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Now, if y'all couldn't tell throughout the interview that this talk with Devon really blessed me still... <laughs> Like, we have to really figure out how to live for ourselves. And it can be really hard because you don't want to disappoint the ones you love. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to walk into your destiny. Woohoo! Baby, that was a whole word, okay? Well, y'all be sure to grab Devon's book, Live Free, Exceed Your Highest Expectations, from your favorite bookstore. Well, that's our show for the day. And you want to hit me with a question or comment about the show? You can email me at ucwithtamar at gmail.com. That's right. Email me the letters you see with Tamar at gmail.com. And if no one else tells you, remember, I love you. And I mean it. Because we're all under construction together. Bye. Under Construction is a production of Mosas, a Stitcher brand. It's produced by Angel Lavis. Our recording engineer and sound designer is Rashad Smith. Music provided by Radio, an audio everywhere company.